Hi, I'm Brad Constantine, and this is a Come Follow Me podcast of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Although this is not an official podcast of the church, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. This year's study is the Book of Mormon. Each week, a new summary podcast of that week's Book of Mormon chapters will be released. But if you want a more detailed analysis of each individual chapter, those will also be available to listen to. I hope this Come Follow Me resource will be helpful to you. As always, you can subscribe to this podcast so you'll be notified each week of a new episode. I hope you like this uh, format. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Come Follow Me Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be lesson number nine, which will cover 2 Nephi chapters 26 to 30, and it will be the time period February 24th through March the 1st. So now we uh, begin to get into some of Nephi's prophecies. Uh, he's quoted Isaiah uh, in the prophecy or in the scriptures we read before. And now we're going to cover some of Nephi's own prophecies. Beginning in verse 1, he even talks about the Savior. Uh, when he gets resurrected, he's going to come among the Nephites. Uh, he mentions in verse 2 that there'll be uh, many generations that pass away. There'll be great wars and so on. Verse 3, the Messiah comes, there'll be signs of his birth and also about his death and that there'll be destructions at his death, and that the wicked will be destroyed. Uh, it talks about um, mountains shall cover them, whirlwinds carry them away, and so on. So these are the things that are going to happen at Jesus' death and crucifixion uh, that will destroy lots of the Nephites that are not righteous. Um, he then goes on and talks about uh, verse 11, the spirit of the Lord will not always strive with man. And uh, we wonder what spirit is he talking about here? Is he talking about the Holy Ghost? Is he talking about the gift of the Holy Ghost? Or is he talking about the light of Christ? And we know that everyone is born with the light of Christ. Um, and it's this spirit, the light of Christ, that eventually will not strive with everybody. And, and that, be, that is because of their wickedness. As the light of Christ teaches us truth and the right, right from wrong, if we um, ignore that voice, if we ignore those promptings, then uh, he's less apt to uh, prompt us. And so when he ceases to strive to uh, convince us of truth, that's because we have not been obeying the light that we've been given. So that light that he's talking about is the light of Christ. So he talks then again about the last days and churches built up uh, upon the continent and lots of uh, um, iniquity, sin, um, evil that's going on. Um, he mentions uh, in verse 29, he commands that there be no priestcraft. What priestcraft is, is that men preach and set themselves up for a light. They may get gain and praise of the world. They don't seek for the welfare of Zion. So the antidote for priestcraft is charity, which he mentions in verse 30. Uh, the only desire in service should be to build up the kingdom, not to build up our own kingdoms. And then uh, going down into chapter 27, he mentions in verse 3 that all nations that fight against Zion shall be as a dream of a night vision. Uh, even so shall the multitude of all the nations that fight against Mount Zion. Now when he talks about Mount Zion, he's talking also about the saints that will be gathered in different places throughout the world. Uh, verse 6, he talks about the coming forth of the words of a book, meaning the Book of Mormon. Behold, the book shall be sealed. In other words, there will be part of the plates that will be sealed that will not be available to be translated. Uh, and that it's a revelation from God from the beginning of the world to the end. We know that about two-thirds of the plates, or about four inches of them, uh, were sealed. As David Whitmer described the sealed portion, he said that to him the sealed portion looked like a block of wood. And when you think about that, what would look like a brown-colored substance or something over the plates 
Uh, we think that it may have been wax that actually covered the sealed portion of the plate so that Joseph was not able to even peek inside. Sometimes we see the pictures of the plates that looks like it has a metal band around the sealed portion. Uh, that's probably not accurate. It's probably covered in wax so that it was not available even to look at. Uh, verse 8, he mentions the sealed part is going to be those. Uh, it's going to talk about the they're sealed not to come forth during uh, wickedness, uh, which means which makes it sound like they might come forth at the millennium. Uh, verse 9, the book will be delivered to a man, uh, and he shall deliver the words of a book to another. And again, this is quoting from Isaiah, um, that uh, this is going to be given to Charles Anton. The, the record, uh, the, the characters or copies of the characters will be given to Charles Anton to read, and, and that he'll say that it looks like an accurate translation. But he's not going to give the plates, as it mentions in verse 10, the words of the sealed he shall not deliver. So the plates are not going to go to him, but the but characters might go forward. Now we wonder what's on the sealed portion. Um, Hilda McConkie said that uh, he believed that the sealed portion would contain uh, the, the creation of the earth, the um, Things about the millennium, the things uh, pertaining to uh, the temple, and lots of other things that we'll be able to read eventually someday. Okay, um, let's see, verse 11, and the books of the, the sealed portion will, will be read upon the housetops. And again, this is probably a millennial time frame. Um, verse 12, again, the book will be delivered to the man, meaning Joseph Smith, but they will be hidden from the eyes. Now, as you read verse 12, then it says, the eyes of none shall behold it, save it be that three witnesses shall behold it. So I'm wondering if, uh, as Joseph is translating this with his scribes, if the scribes are raising their hand going, um, uh, Joseph, I'd like to be one of those three. And so we know that Oliver Cowdery, David Whitmer, and Martin Harris were chosen to uh, be the three witnesses. Um, and so that's what they're able to do. Um, it says, uh, they shall behold it by the power of God besides him to whom the book shall be delivered. And they, meaning the three witnesses, shall testify to the truth of the book and the things therein. So they're able to, to see that. Um, so let me just uh, read you a little narrative here. This is in, um, uh, let's see, where is this? In section 17, it says, I say unto you that you must rely upon my word. If you do with full purpose of art, you shall have a, few, a view of the plates and also of the breastplate, the sword of Laban, the Urim and Thummim, which were given to the brother of Jared when he talked to him face to face. Um, and they're also going to see uh, other things. Um, uh, let's see, after the three witnesses were... Um, now, verse 13, it mentions there's none other which shall view it, save it be a few. So the three witnesses plus Joseph plus a few others. And so Joseph is also going to uh, have eight other witnesses uh, to bear testimony of the truth of the Book of Mormon. They're going to see the plates and be able to handle them, but they won't be able to, they won't see the angel Moroni, which the three witnesses saw. Now, the difference between the three witnesses vision and the, and the eight is that the, uh, the three were able to see the, the angel Moroni. Uh, and the, they were able to see the items but not touch them. And then they heard a voice from heaven proclaiming the truth of the record. Uh, so they saw the Urim and Thummim, the Liahona, the Sword of Laban, the Breastplate, the Brass Plates, uh, and the Gold Plates. But the eight only saw the Gold Plates that were, uh, that were shown them, and Joseph showed them to them, and they were able to hold them and handle them and feel them themselves. So the eight witnesses also, their record is recorded in the front of every Book of Mormon. 
uh, and there's and when it also mentions that uh, others would bear testimony, we know that uh, Mary Whitmer was also a witness that she also saw the Inca Moroni and the plates, and uh, that it was a help to her as she was uh, taking care of uh, Joseph and Emma and Oliver at the time of the translation, and so this was a great help to her in, in the work that she was doing. And so I'm sure there's other witnesses too. Uh, we know that um, Charles Anthon uh, was, was, as we go, get down into verse 15, he talks about, again, the, the book being delivered to another. Um, verse 8, uh, verse 15, he may show them unto the learned. We know that that's Charles Anthon. We also know that, <clears throat> that there's another person named Samuel Mitchell that also was uh, given, uh, allowed to look at the, the writings and the translation too. And, and uh, so we're thinking that part of the process that Joseph used in, in translating was to see if there was anybody else out there that could help him with the translation. So he's, he's given these words to them. Um, now, the, there was a, um, a work that was being performed uh, and nobody at the time could have translated the, the Egyptian because none of it had been done until after Joseph Smith had done the Book of Mormon. Um, and so uh, Charles, uh, or not Charles, but uh, the work of Champollion, the French genius who broke the Egyptian language code through the Rosetta Stone had not yet made its way to, the, to America. So Joseph did not know about uh, what had happened in France um, in, with regards to translating the Egyptian. And so uh, he didn't have access to that. Uh, now verse 19 says, it, it will come to pass that the Lord will deliver again uh, the book and the words thereof to him, meaning Joseph Smith, and that he'll translate them. And then we know that uh, at the end of the translation that Joseph Smith returned the plates back to Moroni, who has them in his care. Um, Joseph is told in verse 21, uh, don't touch the things that are sealed. In other words, leave that alone until uh, it's the right time. <clears throat> and then uh, in verse 22, he talks again about the witnesses and that they'll, they'll come forth to bear testimony of the truth. Um, all right, let's go down then to um, verse 35. They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding. In other words, the purpose of the Book of Mormon is also to uh, to teach correct doctrine, to be able to correct false doctrines that are out in the world. So that's one of the purposes of the Book of Mormon. Uh, chapter 20 or chapter uh, 27, Second Nephi 27 is also Isaiah chapter 29. Uh, Jerusalem is sometimes referred to as a generic name, not just the city name, but the entire nation. Um, and so the word Ariel in the beginning, woe to Ariel, that's the city Jerusalem. And so he's talking here about the destruction of Jerusalem in the first part of the chapter here. Uh, verse six, the Israel's enemies shall visit, shall be visited of the Lord eventually and that they'll be destroyed, uh, but not before there's lots of destruction that's done. Verse, uh, 11 to 14 talks about a marvelous work coming forth. And again, that's the book of Mormon. Um, and that's the coming forth of the restoration of the gospel. He again talks about the, in verse 15, the book shall be sealed. <clears throat> the day comes, uh, verse 16, uh, which the sealed portion will be read upon the housetops. Again, that'll happen probably during the millennium. And that there'll be three witnesses that will be called and uh, other witnesses that will also bring forth uh, the truthful, truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. Verses 15 to 24, then talk about the meek that will rejoice in the Book of Mormon. And uh, it says in verse 18, the deaf shall hear the words of the book. 
and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity. And so this will be a great uh, source of overcoming false doctrines that will prevail uh, because we have so many different versions of the Bible that there's not an authoritative one. The Book of Mormon is going to come and clarify lots of the doctrine that's in the Bible. <clears throat> Let's go to 2 Nephi 28, um, verse 2. The things which shall be written in the book shall be of great worth unto the children of men. So this is going to be um, a great uh, thing that we'll have the Book of Mormon. Verse um, 6. Behold, hearken ye unto my precepts. They shall, they shall say there is a miracle wrought by the hand of the Lord. And that's the Book of Mormon. Verse 7. There shall be many which shall say, Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die, and it shall be well with us. Uh, these are some of the false doctrines that are being taught that are being clarified by the Book of Mormon. Um, they can justify a little sin, uh, but then be saved. Uh, verse 9, there shall be many which shall teach after this manner false and vain and foolish doctrines and shall be puffed up. Um, they seek to, count, to hide the counsel of the Lord. And so the Book of Mormon is going to fix a lot of that problem. Verse 20, for behold, at that day shall he rage in the hearts of the children of men. This is speaking about what Satan's doing. Um, and kind of messing up education, uh, teaching right that's wrong and wrong that's right. Uh, and then verse 22 talks about uh, how he flatters people away, teaches them that there is no hell. Uh, I think that that's what Satan's plan, his plan is, is to convince us that there is no devil so that we don't think that what we're doing is wrong. Uh, verse 30, Behold, thus saith the Lord, I will give unto the children of men line upon line. And so revelation will come to people, but it will be a gradual thing. It won't be all at once. Uh, it'll be as we as we earn it and as we qualify for it. Uh, let's go down to chapter 29. Again, the Book of Mormon and the Bible serve as witnesses that the gospel of Jesus Christ is true. This satisfies the Lord's law of witnesses. Um, in verse 3, because my word shall hiss forth, uh, the word hiss also should mean whistle. Uh, so there will be a signal once the Bible, once the Book of Mormon comes forth, that's a signal that the restoration has begun. Uh, many shall say a Bible, a Bible, we've got a Bible. So they're going to complain that we already have scripture. Uh, but then verse 6, he says, thou fool that shall say a Bible, we've got a Bible, we need no more. Have ye obtained a Bible, save it were by the Jews? Know ye not that there are more nations than one? Know ye not that I, the Lord your God, have created all men, and that I remember those who are upon the isles of the sea? Isles of the sea is any place that's away from land, from Jerusalem. So even America would be considered isles of the sea. <clears throat> okay, uh, verse 8 then. Uh, know ye not that the testimony of two nations is a witness? In other words, uh, Judah being the, the Bible and, and Ephraim, or Joseph being the Book of Mormon. So those two witnesses, the Book of Mormon and the Bible, will come forth to verify that Jesus is the Christ and the literal Son of God. Uh, verse 12, I speak unto the Jews and they write it. I speak unto the Nephites and they write it. Uh, verse 13, it come to pass that the words of the Nephites and the Nephites shall have the words of the Jews. And then he says in verse 14, it shall come to pass that my people, which are of the house of Israel, shall be gathered home unto the lands of their possessions. So he's talking there about the gathering of Israel. Let's go down to 2 Nephi chapter 30. He says in verse 2, uh, as many of the Gentiles as will repent of the covenant, or are the covenant people of the Lord. So those that are outside of the covenant, if they can repent, then they'll become part of the covenant as if they had been born in the covenant. So it refers not just to Israel, but also to the Gentiles. For the Lord covenanteth with none, save it be with them that repent and believe in the Son and the Holy One of Israel. 
And so, and then in verse 3, I prophesy somewhat more concerning the Jews and the Gentiles, for after the book of which I have spoken shall come forth and be written unto the Gentiles and sealed up again. Uh, there shall be many which shall believe the words which are written. So he's given us a time frame here of when this is going to happen. After the Book of Mormon and the Bible have come forth, um, but the Gentiles that are in America will be given the first opportunity to be taught the gospel. And then if they rejected the gospel, then go to the Jews. And that's what he's mentioning here. All right, down to verse uh, 6. Then shall they rejoice, uh, save they shall be a pure and a delightsome people. So the many generations will happen, the scales of darkness will fall, and then we'll have a delightsome people, uh, which will be the saints of God uh, as the restoration unfolds. It shall come to pass in verse 7 that the Jews that which are scattered and also begin to believe in Christ, and they shall begin to gather in upon the face of the land. So as the Jews uh, gradually uh, begin to believe in Christ, uh, which is happening, they don't believe that he's the Messiah yet, but they are beginning to think that he's a great prophet, a great rabbi, teacher, and, and they're getting more uh, warm up, warming up to Jesus uh, as time goes by. Then he's talking about uh, verse th verse 12, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. He's talking about here the millennium, uh, that there will be peace upon the earth, that the beasts won't uh, be after each other. There won't be uh, beasts and prey. It'll be all um, uh, peace and, and plenty and, and mercy and kindness and so on, which will prevail upon the earth during the millennium. Uh, so all of these things here, Nephi is including his prophecies using some of the words of Isaiah again. Uh, to show the last days and the gathering of Israel and those things that are going to happen, especially with the Book of Mormon. I bear testimony to the truth of these things, that the Book of Mormon is true. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.